Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Ademo. It's been a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord as we have been taking this series, Who Am I? It's a series of discovering what manner of person you have become ever since Jesus took over the Lordship of your life. It's important that we know in every segment of our lives, in every area of our lives, what manner of person we have become. Thank you so much, choir. I think there's a little bit of echo. No echo, please. The Lord bless you as you do that. Amen. Praise God. Let's appreciate the worship team. That was a wonderful time in God's presence. I want to welcome our viewers from all over the world. I want to welcome our local assembly. Uh, I want to say at this junction, please, church is open. You can come. Still 30% capacity, but you can write us or email uh, through the proper channel and just register that you'll be in church and the church doors are open. We want to see your lovely faces. We want to be together again and fellowship and uh, trust God that this pandemic will be eventually over 100 percent amen praise god don't stop praying keep on praying the devil is a bad devil he's not giving up but we also as children of light we are not giving up praise god hallelujah now we've learned a lot i will not summarize everything we have learned we've learned that uh, who am i we've learned that we are we have been created by a triune God. A triune God gave birth to a triune human being. A triune God, say, talking about the Trinity nature of our God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, gave birth to man who has a spirit, soul, and body. Praise God. Now, I won't go over that, the spirit, the soul, all the things we have learned. Please do yourself well by listening to the part one, part two, part three of this message. Today is the part four of the message. And I will just, just to be able to flow into what we have today, um, I would recap on what we learned last week, just to give us a flow into today. Last week we were asking the question, why do I need a body? Why do I need a body? We answered the question. The reason why we need a body is simply because God wants a temple to dwell in. And he does not dwell in temples made with human hands. God has vowed he will not dwell in temples made with human hands anymore. He has designed a temple which he wants to dwell in, which is the human body. And that's the human body. If you Exodus 29, 45, he said, I will dwell amongst them. He began to read reveal the purposes of God that God has always had in mind. He wants to dwell in man. He wants to dwell with men. He said, they shall be my people. I will be their God. I will dwell amongst them. I will be with them. In, Reverend, in uh, also Leviticus 26, 11 to 12, we saw that. He said, I will set my tabernacle amongst men. That's the Old Testament. But in the New, we see it, that God has not given up on his idea. He had always wanted to live with man. In Revelation 21, 2 to 3, he says there that he will dwell with man. So a lot of Christians think that heaven is um, 
Anyway, let's go on today. Uh, I don't want to take too much time on, on what we have learned over and over again. Praise God. Anyway, we saw the ultimate plan of God, that God ultimately wants to dwell with man. And we started looking at the new covenant last week to see where exactly does he want to dwell. We saw this mandate of God, the desire of God, that he wants to dwell with man. Yeah, he made it clear in Acts 7.48 through Stephen. At the time, Stephen was summarizing the whole history of the human race in relationship with God. The whole of chapter 7 of Acts is dedicated to that. Stephen giving the good exegesis of the scripture, even up to date, to say this is the plan of God. He said in that place, in verse 48, Stephen by the Holy Spirit revealing to the world watching them, he said, he does not dwell in tabernacle made with hands. It has never been the desire of God. He wants to live inside the human. Praise God. So we saw from what we have gathered that when God planned, I mean, when God uh, uh, did the redemption of human, he, he, he redeemed us spirit, soul, and body. He redeemed our spirit, our soul, he did also, then our body as well. Many people don't know this fact about their body, that their body is not just an ordinary body. When Jesus Christ redeemed your life, your body received a transformation as well. Your body also became a dwelling place of the Most High. Your body became a tabernacle to fulfill the desires of God, which he has desired before the foundation of the world. When he purchased you, he purchased you with a price. He paid for your body. That's one of the reasons sickness does not belong to your body. We'll dig a little bit deeper into that because this kind of message is good during this COVID. For you to know how precious your body is, to know how valuable your body is, to know that no devil from the pit of hell can mess with your members or with your body. You should know there is no dwelling place for any sickness or any disease. How? Why? Not because somebody told you. Because it's the eternal plan of God. It's the will of God. And you need to know these things by revelation, not just by storytelling. You must know it from the scriptures that this is the heart of God for my body. I must also become responsible for my body. I shouldn't treat my body anyhow because God dwells in my body. Hello? So let us go through, I mean, let me just wrap up the recap for last week. Amen? So we saw last week that God dwells, the, the, the dwelling place. Let us, we, we looked at the nature of the temple where God dwells. So we saw that, number one, in the body of believers, when believers come together, oh, I forgot, I wanted to bring some bricks today to show you how this thing works. Uh, can I have some other physical Bibles? Anybody with a physical Bible? I know we have become electronic these days. Praise God. Physical Bibles. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah, yeah. Praise God. 
Aleluya. <laughs> now I've, I asked and I received. All right. Praise God. Now, okay, maybe this one is too big now, so I can use the rest. Now, th this is it. Let's assume each, each believer is this Bible. The Bible says we are lively stones. And see, see the building coming together now. Look at it. That's a stone. 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 And that's a stone. You see, we are now building up a house. God is saying that when these ones are together, you see, even when Solomon was building his temple, every stone was to precision. There was a quarry site and there was the temple site. It's a revelation of what God had in mind. Because, you see, God was the master planner. He was the one who gave instructions. In fact, he put his spirit into the craftsmen that were crafting the house. I was telling you last week that if, it, if that same building was going to be built again today, it's billions of dollars. It can't even be built again. Where will you get the craftsmanship? God himself had to put his spirit in Urel to be able to, to, to craft what should come out. Now, Mele, as it's called, you see, every stone was chipped properly, was in shape. Any stone that they try to put in and does not fit, you know what they do to the stone? They remove the stone and remove it and send it back to the quarry site to be shaped, to be properly trained, to be to precision and accuracy before it is brought back to the temple site to be built and be part of the building. Praise God. So, which is a revelation of what God had in mind. That he was going to dwell amongst them. These are lively stones now. This is you. It was representing you in that place. We are all lively stones. What are those stones going to do? They are going to be put together for a dwelling for the most High. So when we come together, when we are one, God says he will dwell there. So this is the first dwelling that we see. When the church assembles, you see how the devil wants to attack the assembly of Christians now? COVID, social distancing, praise God. I did not say don't social distance, don't get me wrong. But you are getting the attack. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's against the desire of God. God wants us to be, to be together in oneness because this is robbing God of his desire. I showed you last week in the world that God chose to dwell amongst his people when they are together. That is one level. Another one is as individuals. As individuals, you must present your own body a living sacrifice. You must present it as a dwelling place of the Lord. You must reverence it. You must respect it. That's why you don't use your body anyhow. That's why you don't use your body anyhow. 
That's why fornication, adultery is not acceptable at any length, at any breadth, at any width or height in God. It's not. Praise God. He says you ought also to know how to possess your body. Praise God. Not only that, don't abuse your body. Don't eat things you shouldn't eat. Hallelujah. Don't put poison into your body. Hallelujah. It's the dwelling place. It's the temple of the Lord. He said, what? Know ye not? What? That's how Paul wrote. He said, what? Don't you know your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? That's why you shouldn't permit any sickness in your body. It's not permitted. Praise God. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? And God says, look, anyone that destroys the temple, God will destroy. Praise God. Amen. Now, enough about the temple, because I can go all day on this one, and uh, we need to get to where we are going today. Amen. So the question I want to answer now is that, what area of my body does God dwell? Is it in my nose? Is it in my eyes? Is it in my mouth? Is it in my feet? Is it in my hand? What area of my body does God dwell? Praise God. Very interesting. Uh, this teaching will really shape your theology. John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. Please put it on the screen for the people of God. Praise God. John 7, 37 and 38. Okay. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. Out of his what? Belly will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, verse 39. But this spake of he, of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So immediately Jesus Christ was glorified. Immediately Jesus Christ was resurrected. Something happened. The belly. <coughs> Excuse me. The belly. Amen. So talking about the, talking about this place, uh, I think I should quickly 
I should quickly do something here about uh, uh, He had not yet gone on to the Father when he met with the disciples, okay? Can you remember in John 20 when he resurrected and came to meet them, he said, receive ye what? Receive ye the Holy Ghost, okay? Because this has always been an argument in some churches between the evangelical and Pentecostal and charismatic. Uh, talking about, I have the Holy Ghost. When you say Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in new tongues, you say, why do I need to speak in tongues? I have the Holy Ghost. If I have Christ, I have the Holy Ghost. And the Pentecostals too will argue at them and say, no, you don't have the Holy Ghost. Unless you speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Ghost. And so on and so forth. Praise God. Uh, well, maybe this will help us today. At resurrection, there is in breath of the Holy Ghost. You have the breath of God in you. You have the Holy Ghost. It's the in breath spirit. Everybody say in breath spirit. Mm-hmm. So at salvation, that's what you have too. The Holy Ghost comes in. Hallelujah. But it's the in breath spirit. At ascension, or ascended Christ, so to speak, you have the outpouring of the Spirit. This one is outpouring. This happened on Resurrection Sunday. This one happened seven weeks later. Amen? This one happened seven Sundays later. The outpouring of the Spirit. This one is with the evidence of what? Speaking with uh, new tongues. That was the first time that the early disciples spoke with new tongues. It was seven weeks after resurrection. Praise God. Did we get that? All right. So... I've told you about collective. I've told you about the individual temple that God wants to dwell in you as an individual. Right? We did that last week. Okay. So, we learned, we just read that out of the belly shall flow. What? What shall flow out of your belly? Talk to me. Huh? Rivers of uh, living water. Praise God. The word Belly, in Greek, is, where am I? Praise God. The word belly in Greek is kolia. 
Colia. Not Colinia, Colia. Sister Colia is not in today. Praise God. Colia. All right. Let me refer to other places this same word was used. Those of you who have Young's Concordance and so on, you can check this later. I taught some people here the other time how to use it. Praise God. Uh, Matthew 12:40. That's another place Kolea was used. Praise God. Let's do it quick because of our time. Yeah. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in a whale's belly, in a whale's colia, the guts of the fish, the belly, the guts. Philippians 3.19, that's another place it was used. Let's go and see the belly again. Philippians 3.19, whose God is their belly? Okay, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. That word belly there again is kulia. Okay, he's talking about the gods. It's clear what part of the body this is referring to. But there is another part of the belly. It's called cardia. That's where the word cardiac arrest and uh, uh, all the other things, cardiography and what have you. Praise God. Cardia. Cardia is the upper part. Cardia. It's the upper part of the belly. This is the upper part of the belly. This is the lower part of the belly. Praise God. So cardia, and that is where you get the word heart. You see, because... Think God is in your heart. You see the word heart used in the scriptures, and the heart. Uh, some, sometimes we mix it up with that pump that we have in our body. We say the heart that is pumping blood. Uh, that is not where. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm more apologies to the international audience. Uh, I was carried away with, uh, with the local audience here. Amen. Please forgive me. So you have the upper part of the belly, the cardia, and you have the lower part, the cholea. So this makes the belly. Praise God. So the two are linked together. It's not the organ of the heart. It's not in the organ of the heart at all. Praise God. The heart just pumps blood. That's not where he is. He's in your gut. Praise God. Uh -huh. Have you heard that thing? Uh, have you heard people say this before? My gut reaction. Uh -huh. That's where God dwells. Out of your belly will flow rivers. I, I had a problem agreeing with this. Say, uh, that place is not friendly. Praise God. Amen. But I'll break it down to you because I know it's new, new theology for some of you here. 
but that's where he dwells. Amen. I, I, my God tells me that that thing is not correct. Anybody have you you've you've been in that place before? Where where you just God? This is where it takes place. Sometimes you just feel something within here in your belly. Something just uh, nudges you, pulls you. Hallelujah. How many people know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it pulls you. That's, that's God trying to nudge you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. It starts. Your gut reaction, it always starts in the area of your belly. Look at your experiences. You will, you will know what I'm talking about. It's that area of you. Praise the Lord. My own many experiences start here with God. Praise God. Even, is he praying in the Holy Ghost? <laughs> is it visitations of God? It starts here. Praise God. Maybe that's why mine is bigger than yours. <laughs> that's just a joke. Praise God. It's amazing why the almighty God chooses to dwell in human body. In all the places in the human body, he chooses the belly. Praise God. You see, you see statements even in the scriptures, like his bowels was moved with compassion. Where are your bowels? <laughs> yes, the, the, area of, the area of your belly. Praise God. Twelve times it's used with Jesus, talking about bowels. His bowels were moved with compassion. Uh, let's turn to Colossians 3.12. Colossians 3.12. It's okay, I'll quickly get you out of here. You don't want to, because I myself, when, when the Spirit of God was teaching me this years ago, I said, ah, look, look at all that is in the belly. Whoa, whoa, God was there. Wow. Anyway, let's leave that. All right. Are you with me? Colossians 3.12. Put on, therefore, as elect of God, holy and beloved, Bowels of mercies. Did you see that again? Kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. See that? Bowels of mercy. Okay, God's provision for your body. What has God provided for your body? Number one, Romans 8.11. Romans 8.11. Romans 8.11. I want us to look at this. This is very important. You see, you've got to understand your human body. That's why sickness does not belong to your body. You've got to understand it. If you don't understand your body, you are going to permit sickness. And you're going to say confederacy with them that say confederacy. And allow it to be. But if the spirit of him, listen, that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also Quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Powerful. Now, see how this connects to your body. What raised Jesus from the dead? What is it that raised Jesus from the dead? But if the 
spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead. So what's the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead? Holy Spirit, thank you. Now, he says, if the same Holy Spirit dwells in you, it will, <laughs> listen to me, not only is the Holy Spirit to represent him inside of you. You know, when the Spirit, when Jesus was releasing the Spirit to us, when he was telling us that it's expedient for him to go, if he does not go, another comforter will not come, another one that will represent me, another one that will say the things I say and will do the things I want to do for you. He has no mind of his own. He's only going to do what I have instructed him to do. Are you listening to me? That's the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is not only going to represent Jesus in your life, but listen to me, but he's an agent to give life to our mortal bodies. Listen, he did not say give life to our resurrected body. You know, I told you last week about two kinds of body you have. You have a resurrected body that you haven't experienced yet. That is not now. Hallelujah. In this part, in this dispensation, you have your mortal body. And in this part of eternity, you need to take care of your mortal body. You must take care of your mortal body. Now, this is God's provision in taking care of your mortal body. He put his spirit inside even your mortal body. So that, listen, that inside your body, you will experience a distribution of life. So your body, God has made provision for your body to be healthy. That's what I'm saying. There is a divine immune system that can be supplied to your body constantly and consistently. Are you with me? <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. The other great provision for your bodies is in Psalm 107, verse 105. Psalm 107, verses 105. Are you there? Thank you so much for trying to mislead. Psalm 107, verse what? 105. Put one O, then the, the last one was on suspension. 105. Keep on punishing me with rookies on Fridays. Thank you. Okay. Okay. 105. He sent his word, and the word healed, and they delivered from destruction. Psalm 11, 107.20. Okay? Praise God. 
He sent his war, and he healed them, and he delivered them from their destruction. He sent his word, and he healed them, and he delivered them from destruction. Three great mercies of God is stated here. He sent his word, number one, the word will save you from sin. That's what he did. Number two, he healed them with his word. Again, from what? From sickness. Number three, he delivered them from what? The power of Satan. With what? What did he do? With the word. God bless you. With the word. So God has sent help already, but many are still asking for help. How did God send help? With his word. Appreciate it. It's in his word. Praise God. It's always in his word. Healing, deliverance, salvation is in his word. And he had made provision for your body. That's what I just want you to see tonight. He had made provision to heal that body, to deliver that body. He has made provision of salvation for that body. He has taken care of your body. Hallelujah. What's the first thing I said he has done to your body? What's the first provision? Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, the first one, I, I gave you a first one. Romans uh, 8, uh, 8 uh, 11. So what will he do? He will give life. He will distribute. That's how your body is being redeemed. Life is being distributed to it. So they can tell you that your body organ, one is malfunctioning. Are you going to accept it? No. Why? Why won't you accept it? Is there any reason why not to accept it? Why? Why? Because God has made provision. How did he make that provision? Holy Spirit dwells there. So you need to command that life to keep on being distributed to your mortal body. I'll still get to the area of manifestation. Some of us, we know it's there. But is it manifesting? I will tell you what to do to begin to make it manifest. Praise God. This is real teaching. This is deep teaching. It's as simple as it is, but it's just truth and reality. If you put this in practice, you will have a clean bill of health every time. Why? Because it's the reality. I wasn't born when this Bible was written. I discovered it too. It's the reality. And I discovered that when you know these truths, the Bible says you shall know the truth. What will happen? The truth will set you free. Because it's just the truth of God's word. I need to know the provisions of God. So number one, God has made a provision for my healing. He said if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, it will give life. It will distribute life to my mortal body. So, but am I, is it manifesting in my mortal body? Is that life manifesting? We will get there. I'm coming. But know it for a fact. Provision has been made. The second provision, we see the provision of God's word. He sent his word. So the word is available. And I can confirm it again that the word is available. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. I love that place. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. I love it. It will give my pay. Ay, ay, ay. Glory. 
I feel something in my spirit. 420. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. 21. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those who find them and, 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 and health to all their flesh. The, the, the Hebrew word there is mape, is medicine to their flesh. Praise God. It's medicine. Applying the word of healing, for example, life is medicine. When you go to the doctors, they give you a prescription. They say, take three times daily. That's how you should also take the word of God as a prescription. Do you understand? You take it in the morning, you take it in the evening, you take it all day long. There are some medications, they say four times daily. Go for it. Ask yourself the question, if it's medicine, if it's my pay to my flesh, then I should take it as if uh, the way medicine is taken. This is God's medicine bottle. Look at it in Proverbs 4.20. Number one, he says, attend to my word. Attend to it. Number two, it says, incline their ears. Respect it. Lay aside your objection. Many, many Christians object every time before even their miracle comes. Lay it aside. Incline your ear. Respect the word of God. It's the final authority in the realm of the spirit, regardless of how you feel about it. He said, let it not depart. Let it not depart. Don't let the word of God go on holiday in your life. Don't let it depart. Your teachers are what you see and what you hear. Once the word of God is not what you are seeing again, nor what you are hearing, what happens to the word? Praise God. You will just employ other teachers. Praise God. Brother Shola, somebody should be on that camera and move around. Okay. Oh, you are, oh I forgot. <laughs> He's just told me that they have improved the technology. You know, I'm watching the camera. I get carried away. But he's telling me now that, look, there's another camera there. I can switch it from upstairs. Clap for Brashola. He's making us. Yeah. All right. Praise God. It's okay. I can misbehave. It's local content today. Amen. So there's health and life to your being. Now, 2 Corinthians 4, let's add some things. 2 Corinthians 4, chapter, I mean, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. This is where I'm going that, yes, people can, people can accept the fact that, okay, pastor, you've taught us, I agree. The word of God indeed can be, I mean, the spirit of God can live in the person of the father. The spirit of God can live in my body or dwell in my body. I agree. 
But you see, it's not only for the spirit of God to dwell in your body, but to manifest in your body. Obviously, it's in the body of every believer. This is not news to heaven. When you receive the inbreathed spirit, which everyone who has received Christ has, the Holy Spirit dwells in your body. But now, for the spirit of God to manifest in your body is what we are talking about. Praise God. Who can tell me, I taught you once, the direct impute of your spirit on your body is through what channel? What platform is that? Speaking in tongues. Oh, clap for yourselves. You are wonderful people. You got that. Praise God. Now, remember, the key focus is manifesting your body. That God is dwelling in you might be news to you today, but it wasn't news to the heavens. Even the devil knows that he dwells in your body. But the question is, is he manifesting in your body? Second Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 10. Always bearing about in the body of the dying of the Lord, that life also of Christ may be made what? Manifest in my body. How will the life of Christ be made manifest in your body? That's the question I'm asking now. Meditate on that, please. The answer is there. Look, 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 look. He said, for which life, for we which live are always delivered. Are you, is this the second one? No. Go to verse 10. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Christ might be made manifest in our body. Now, what, how is he making the life of Christ? How is he making that life manifest in his body? From that, from that first scripture. Think of it. Just look at it. Can you find the answer there? So what's he doing? What's he doing what? What's this person, whoever it is, what is he doing to make the life of God manifest in his body? Huh? He's bearing. He's bearing in his body. What is the consciousness he's bearing? The death of Jesus. The death of Jesus. The death of Jesus. So hold on that. Hold on that. Amen? Hold on to that. That's just a piece of movement. Okay, now 11. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Again, the life to be manifest in the mortal flesh, something is happening. What is happening? Can you tell me what is happening here? Adaskalo, talk. I can't hear you. I still can't hear you. 
bearing the death of Christ. Again, no, we, we got the death of Christ, but here. Praise God. Oh, Bible study is kicking in. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. Put it on pause. I will come back. Amen. <laughs> I don't want to be stuck with that today. The more, okay, write this down. The more inconveniencing it is, the more blessed we are. Just write it down. The more inconveniencing it is, the more blessed we are. Just write it there. Then I'll come and deal with that. Now, what are your responsibilities towards your body? What are your responsibilities towards your body? You are a child of God. You have been told this news about your body then what is your responsibilities towards your body? Number one, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Offer your bodies as what? Living sacrifices. On the altar, it's no longer yours. Your body is no longer yours. It's a living sacrifice, not a dead one. Once anything is put on the altar, is no longer yours. In Bible days, when you bring an offering on an altar, whether a lamb, whether a ram, you don't just say, oh, come back. <laughs> Please, excuse me. I want, mm -mm. It's, once it's on the altar, it's the Lord's. Do you understand? So now, your own responsibility in this new and living way, God has called you and I to live with this wealth of information you have, your responsibility, your first responsibility is releasing your body on the altar of God as a living sacrifice. It's no longer yours. It is now the Lord's. Amen? That means you can't do anything to your body unless you have permission from the Lord. Praise God. Now, that means a lot. Unless you have permission of the Lord. Let's read Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. Thank you, Jesus. It's no longer yours. Ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Why is it reasonable? Because of all that God has done for you, it can only be reasonable to do that. When somebody has paid for your body, when somebody has ransomed it, when somebody has made provision for it to be all right, what's the next reasonable thing to do? Is to give it back to him. He bought it anyway. It is his. It's no longer yours. If somebody has paid for something you still possess, what should you do? Give it to the person who has paid for it. Praise God. person who has paid for it has even bought insurance on it. Hallelujah. Amen. He said that is the reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, 
but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may approve things which are good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. All right. So it's not yours. You should offer your bodies as sacrifice. That's the first responsibility. The second one is be filled with the Holy Ghost individually. Be filled with the Holy Ghost individually. Now, that's a, person, that's a responsibility you should do. God will pour out his spirit, but it is your responsibility to receive that outpouring into your spirit. Praise God. That's the next thing you should do. Why? Because God wants to dwell in you individually. You are giving expression to God's counsel and God's will. Praise God. The early church will always insist. Listen to this. Church history is clear about it. The early church will always insist on people receiving the Holy Ghost. People receiving the Holy Spirit immediately after salvation. They are never satisfied with salvation or healing. You got saved, glory be to God. You got healed, glory be to God, but receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Praise God. There's still a church in the western part of Africa, a church pastored by uh, Reverend George, and all the branches all over. Immediately you give your life to Christ, you must receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Even when people don't know what it is, they just know the amount is moving. Yeah, don't worry. We'll discover later. Till date. Till date. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you being blessed? So... The Lord dwells in us collectively as a body, but your responsibility is to present your body as an individual dwelling place for the Lord. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So I want to encourage you. This is your second obligation, the second responsibility. What did I call the first one? What did I call the first obligation? To offer your bodies as living Sacrifice. What's the second one? Be filled with the Holy Ghost individually. Receive the Holy Spirit. Number three, you need to present your members as instruments of righteousness. Your members as instruments. Another translation says weapons of righteousness. Your, your members should be presented as instruments of righteousness. Don't use your members, members of your body, to do things or be involved in things that are not godly. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 6, 13 and 18. Oh, sorry. Romans 6, 12 and 13. Romans 6, 12 and 13. Present your members as instruments of righteousness. Members of your body. 
present them as members. We present them as instruments, sorry, of righteousness. Praise God. Are we there? Romans chapter 6, verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. In which body? Your mortal body. Don't allow it to reign. It wants to reign. Don't let it reign. Malice, unforgiveness. Everything that wants to reign in your body. Sin against the body. Don't let it reign there. That you should obey it and the loss thereof. Praise God. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Praise God. Therefore, do not allow sin to reign. Amen? In your mortal bodies. Number four, keep it holy. Keep your body holy. Why? It's the dwelling place of God. It's my responsibility to keep it holy. Praise God. Amen. Don't allow yourself to mess yourself up. Praise God. Keep it holy. 1 Corinthians 6, 13 and verse 18. Many people cause a lot of damage in this area. Don't damage the temple of God. Don't destroy the temple of God. Keep it pure. Sometimes if our young folks hear messages like this more often, they will keep themselves uh, away from things they shouldn't be involved in. Praise God. Because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's not a place of mess up. The world thinks different though. Hollywood thinks different. Praise God that your body is to show your sexual ability and so on and so forth. And, and a lot of nonsensical things out there that the world is teaching. No, the Bible teaches contrary. And like I said, our young people should hear this more. This more should be more of the, not only young people, old people too should hear it. Because this thing is not a respect of age. Praise God. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. He said, meat for the belly and the belly for meat. But God shall destroy both of it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. Did you see that? The body is not for fornication. But that's what the world is teaching us. That's what Hollywood is teaching you guys. Our young people, that is what is being said every day. Advertisements, that's what he's saying. Your body is for premarital sex. But the Bible is saying here clearly, crystal clear, that that's not what your body is for. Now, this is not a condemnation message. This is not a message to say anybody who is not living right, uh, you're doomed for hell. No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying get it right. That's all. Get it right. You might not have known better. The world may have told you it's okay. The news might have told you it's okay. 
The movies may tell you it's really, really cool. But God is saying here it's not cool. He says it's not cool. Look at the verse 18 of the same place. He says flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. You're destroying the temple. You're destroying what God wants to dwell in. Praise God. Selah, I want to believe this will be a revelation to you. Amen. How will a young man keep himself pure? It's by this. It's by taking heed to the word. Taking heed to what? The word. We have come, I know messages like this are not popular, but we've got to hear them. That's the only way we can keep ourselves pure. Praise God. Go to verse 17 again. I mean, verse 13 again. Verse 13. Meat for the belly, the belly for meat. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication. You see, it's there. The body is not for that. But people will argue in this present generation, then what is the body for? If it's not for, what use is the body? It's not our fault. We have to express it. If it's not good, why did God put it there? But you have it here now. Underline it in your Bible. Paint it red if you want to. It's a dangerous scripture. It says, not for fornication. You've got to speak to your body too. I, you are not for fornication. You see that cute thing going? It's going. It's going. The body says, I want, I want, I want. You've got to say, hmm. You are not of fornication. You see biceps. You see six-pack. You say, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Six-pack. Mm. Body is not for fornication. Is that black and white. But it's for who? It's for the Lord. It's the dwelling place. Of the most high. From eternity, he has desired to dwell. That's why he fearfully and wonderfully made me. The reason why I'm fearfully and wonderfully made is not to be doing catwalk all over town. The reason I'm fearfully and wonderfully made is not to be showing off my body parts all over town. The reason I'm fearfully and wonderfully made is because he has chosen. Ever before I was born, that he wants to dwell inside our body. It's a birth for the Lord. May the Lord give us understanding. And he said, and the Lord for the body. That's why we don't joke with this body. It's the Lord. Don't let your body be lazy. It's the Lord. Don't treat your body anyhow. It's the Lord. Don't abuse your body. It's the Lord. 30 days fasting and prayer is not abuse. Otherwise, you, otherwise I know, I know. People, people can say, ah, we are abusing the body. 
we, we, we fast too much. Mm. People don't die when they fast. Glory be to God. He puts it in shape. In fact, you detox yourself from every impurity and superfluity of naughtiness. Praise God. <laughs> Glory be to God. And lastly, number five, maintain the body. Maintain it. Praise God. Give yourself exercise. COVID-19 wait is all over. Don't let them wait it on you. Amen? People are not catching COVID-19, but they are carrying a weight called COVID-19. It's excess food in the house. Exercise yourself. Go around. I myself, I saw myself in the mirror. I was not liking what I was seeing. I said, this is COVID weight. It shall not be my portion in the land of a living. I got to the golf course during this week. I went to play. They said there's no cart. You know what we call cart is those little things that drive us around. Say no cart. I've never, I've never walked a golf course on my feet. I will drive the car. He said there is no cart. I went to another one. They said no cart. I said why are there no carts? Said we are. They are still looking for how they are going to be sanitizing the thing. And the Spirit of God said, you are playing this week. So I had to go. I carried myself. By the time I finished, and I was panting, I knew. Excess has dropped from my body in Jesus' name. So exercise yourself. Don't laugh at me. Go and check your own self in the mirror too. Amen? And walk on yourself. Take care of the Lord's body. It's not your body. It's the Lord's body body. Hallelujah. Keep it fit. Keep it in shape. Because that's the only thing that makes you legal on this part of eternity. If you don't keep it well, if you expire your date on time, you cost it. Amen? Take care of your body. And God will bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Have you been blessed today? Amen. Glory be to God. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. and Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.